Before we get started with the show today, I want to ask every one of you to do me a quick favor. Can you go on to your favorite podcatcher wherever you subscribe to the show? Uh, and if you haven't subscribed already, then please subscribe as well. Uh, but please leave us a rating and a review. Ratings and reviews is how podcatchers rank podcasts and show them to new listeners. And right now on Apple Podcasts, it's been a year since anyone left us a review. So if you have just a few minutes, it's going to take you five minutes, go on to your favorite podcatcher and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you to all our listeners and please keep on sharing the show with your friends. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we have a call for change. Many artists are feeling stuck in their work right now, in the midst of the trauma of the COVID-19 pandemic. We take in so much bad news and also have our own worries and struggles to contend with, one of which is our usual ways of working may no longer seem suited to what our lives have become. Historically, art reflects the times in which it is made, and today we consider this aspect of creativity in light of what we are experiencing now. Most of these thoughts can be expanded to include other kinds of trauma that we may experience in our lives. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So I wanted to talk about um, this right now during um, this pandemic time with a focus on that. Um, we are recording this in late April. But I also, as Ross just said, think that these kind of ideas can come up when you experience some other thing that happens in your life that kind of shakes your foundations. And and the challenges it presents to what we think of as personal voice in our work, you know, what makes our work our own. And usually when we talk about personal voice, it's about, you know, I guess the definition would kind of be like a concentration or focus that you have and it ongoing, it carries you along. Um, and it's it's a way that other people recognize your work and understand your work. So it's it's a consistent process or point of view or approach, and it includes um, a mastery of technique that you work with, and also this kind of ongoing investigation of your ideas and your work. So, um, you know, and it's really important to build this up. And so that's kind of the background of everything else that I'm going to talk about. We're not discounting that whatsoever. But you know, what about when there is something that interrupts this flow and, and changes the focus, something traumatic? And the example we have today is the pandemic. Um, and I think some of the questions that arise around this are have to do with your content. Like, what uh, what do you want to convey? What, what emotions or thoughts may enter your work that wouldn't have been there um, two months ago? And I want to say also before getting into this that I know a lot of artists right now are taking a break. I mean, they're, they're either not set up to do their work or they're just, you know, distraught or whatever it is, exhausted, um, dealing with other things, and they're not doing their artwork right now. So um, in no way is this meant to be, you know, <laughs> pressuring you to get back into it. It's kind of aimed at people that are currently working or they're they're trying to get back in, into working. So some of the questions that might come up for you during this time, um, you know, do you feel a need to shift into something different in your work? 
in response to what's going on around us? Um, or does your ongoing voice, the way you've been working, provide this kind of consistency or stability that you may, you know, find sort of a refuge in that? Um, maybe you see that ongoing work in a different way now. Um, does it still, you know, seem relevant or do you want to change it in some way? And there may also be some things that you're kind of drawn to working with that are calling to you right now that are new. And there may be some therapeutic aspect to this. I think like maybe you just want to do something more direct or something with your hands or something more tactile um, just because um, it would feel right. I think we need to consider what drew us to art in the first place, because when you first started making art, it wasn't about... Um, you know, making art to be produced for sale. Um, it was something that you were drawn to um, emotionally or spiritually. Um, and uh, it was a, it was a vocation. It was a calling. Yeah. And I, I think that there's with what we're all experiencing right now, there's so much there that needs to be addressed um, and artists need to do their part. And you say you're not going to pressure artists to get back to work. I'm, I'm not afraid to. Uh, artists, get back to work. <laughs> it's, I, don't, I don't care how you're doing it. I don't care if you don't have access to your, to your studio and to the materials that you work with. You know, when you first started out, you made do with nothing. And, and that's maybe what you have right now. But whatever your creative outlet is, you're going to feel so much better if, if you do something, you know, even even if it's completely detached from your normal work. Mm -hmm. And I, and hopefully some of the things that we talk about here, if, if you're feeling blocked, and that's an emotional state of mind, um, some of these things may help to kind of break through that. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of what I call or what other people call as well, silver lining uh, conversation these days. Uh, people asking themselves and asking other people, um, what can we learn from this huge upheaval in our lives? And for artists, this can really be a challenge to uh, the work itself and to our state of mind um, to keep working. And there will be artists who who can and will continue with what they've been doing all along. And because they feel there's something about it that is adaptable, is universal enough that it doesn't require necessarily a change. And other people, you know, feel the need for something uh, entirely new or maybe just somewhat new. So, well, and, and we're all craving a return to normalcy. And if for you, that's continuing your art as you have continued it for the last decades um, and for your your customers who just want to go back to, you know, collecting art and the, the art that they have uh, grown to love over the past years. Yeah. Um, then that's that's completely just fine. Um, but if you feel the need to respond to this as well, I Boy, is there a lot to respond to. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I guess starting from that point of is, is there something about your work as you have been doing that withstands these changes? Like does what you've been doing all along seem to hold up right now um, so that there are parts of aspects of your work that are just always relevant? And I think 
uh, in terms of, say, abstraction, something like, I'm just pulling things out of the air, but say, a geometric type of abstraction that has this um, essence of structure and um, sort of this kind of eternal or meditative quality. If you've been working with that, I mean, that seems completely relevant. Um, if you work sort of expressively, you know, there's the aspect of emotion that can continue on. Um, I found this interesting article, and we can put up a link to this, but it was from the Sotheby's website, um, the auction house. It's called For the Love of Art on Art as Therapy by Elaine de Botton. And it's it goes over just kind of what you were talking about, Rosser, that people look to works of art to reflect back um, certain emotions and thoughts. And this is articles written from the point of view of somebody purchasing art or enjoying art or seeing art in museums. And it describes uh, different kinds of imagery that are universal. They address universal human themes. One of them he mentions, I know, is a is a figurative work where somebody is just quietly reading and saying such an image um, can represent a state of mind or a security that's, you know, really feels good to see right now, uh, calm landscapes and that kind of thing. That, you know, there may be something in the work that you're doing right now that does give people, give your viewer back something that's really important right now. Um, so, you know, as you say, that's completely valid to keep working. If you feel like you're on track with that and, and in that sense, it is a response to to what's going on. You're you're offering something, some calm or some solace to people. Um, I think it's interesting though that even if we're working pretty much the same way, there may be things about your work that come out in a different way, or you kind of notice them differently, or you feel differently about them. Um, I mean, I have an example in my own work right now, which is. I really am enjoying very direct work. I'm enjoying small work, drawings, mark making um, that just, I don't know, I like that direct connection right now. I'm as attracted to that um, in the last few weeks as my typical building up paintings over a period of time. And I think there's a lot of emotion inside that we're feeling, all of us are feeling, and artists are pretty sensitive people. So, so anyway, there may be some part of your work that you've thought about developing or I mean I've had this mark making in my head for quite a while or doing more drawing or just this kind of um direct thing on the surface and now seems like the time for it so that's kind of a, a different perspective on your work maybe in this current time um but I also want to talk quite a bit about um if you're feeling you look at your work and you say okay, I was going along doing this stuff and it's been fine and life has been fine and, <laughs> and now life is not so fine and there's a lot to deal with. And you may feel this this call or this urge that this is time for a change. And it doesn't mean that it has to be a permanent change. Um, as we said in the introduction, though, historically and over time, art does tend to reflect what's going on in the world. I mean, we're, we're all part of this world around us. And so, say there were artists during World War II whose work changed dramatically in response to the war, and after the war, resumed back to more what they were, their kind of their core interests. 
And so I guess the point is uh, this change doesn't have to be a permanent change, but it can be a change that's really important to you um, right now. Well, and, and I think very specifically in, in what you're talking about, um, about uh, Pablo Picasso and uh, his uh, his painting Guernica, which I, I believe is more of a Spanish Civil War. Yeah. Um, it was pre-World War II, I believe, but it was very much a, a painting of the times mm-hmm. and something that has incredible historical impact and emotional impact to this day. Yeah. And it's it's completely seen as part of his work. Um you know, it's it's part it's part of who he is as an artist, alongside much more, much different types of images as well. So, um, I think particularly if you do have a strong voice going, that freedom to explore different um, a different voice for a while that that's feels more satisfying to you in the moment. Um, we can look. Sometimes I think these kind of situations can be a time for self-evaluation and think, is what I've been doing all along, has it become habitual? Has it become, is there something about it that's a little superficial? I'm sort of cranking this stuff out. And when you're, when you're confronting that, that really definitely can cause uh, a block, a creative block, um, because it's, you know, kind of draws you up sort like, What's going on? Why doesn't my work seem important as it did before? And how can I make it different? And but this type of, you know, really honest look at your work to decide what is really serving me and what is habit or what is something that I've just kind of fallen into that I do over and over, sort of by rote. This is a good thing. I mean, it's it's difficult, and it can be hard to take this on when you're already um, not necessarily in a good place emotionally. But maybe just stepping back and recognizing uh, that time, you know, the current times may be be inviting you to change. Um, and so, and and in, in that moment, also thinking, well, do you have any little voices inside that are? saying, hey, maybe um, it's time to do something else. And this could be, you know, kind of a slight change, or it could be absolutely out of your comfort zone. <laughs> it could be something very different. It could be different media. It could be a switch from abstraction to realism or back the other way. Um, it could be a real change in scale, you know, say something very small when you're normally working large or the other way around. And so those voices can become important when you're feeling blocked because part of you kind of wants to just keep going with what you had before, right? I mean, it was working. And and yet, if you don't pay attention to those voices, you get kind of tangled up inside, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. So, um, and, and you also may be feeling this need for something different because you're not in your studio, because your space is limited or your materials are limited. And this can also kind of push you into something else. And and so to say to that voice that says, no, but that's not what I do. Um, you know, as you were saying with the Picasso example, it's time to kind of loosen up that idea of what is your personal voice. Um, I think when you're I don't know, a professional artist or a semi-professional or you've been selling your work, 
it's really hard to move away from what you're known for, for your established voice. I mean, you've worked really hard for that, and it's part of your identity. Um, so I don't know, there's probably some balance of incorporating anything new into the overall voice, but the first step really may be kind of a radical change. Um, I was talking about this recently with um, a friend of mine here in New Mexico, Cindy Stapper. There's an interview with her on the Messy Studio podcast some time ago. And we were talking about the analogy of the voice, the artist's voice. And, you know, she brought up that we all use different vocalizations that are all part of our voice. I mean, if I whisper or I shout or I sing, um, somebody would be able to tell it was me or you if you were doing it. Um, and so we have this range of stuff that we use uh, for different purposes. And we have a different voice when we write and when we talk. So, it's, But she was talking about um, Degas, and she said that she had a book that had some of his drawings and monotypes in it, and that um, they were very different than what we think of as his paintings. Some of them were. Some are, I mean, I looked this up, and some were, you know, kind of studies for his ballet dancers and so on. But then he has these monotypes that are just so abstract and ethereal. And yet, and yet this is all part this is all part of his work and and there's a range and so i don't know sometimes looking at other artists that have worked in many different ways is a good example because i think we can get a bit rigid in what we think is us or my voice uh can be can be put into too small of a box um i think that the analogy of voice to the way that an artist expresses themselves is is very um, appropriate because what it's not possible for me to speak in your voice. Um, everything I, everything that I say is in my voice, no matter what. Right. And so if I try to, if I try to speak in somebody else's voice, then it, it comes off as, you know, mimicry or maybe even mockery. Um, you know, but I could, I could, uh, go and sing karaoke and I could sing, uh, a country song or I could sing, um, a rock and roll song or hip hop or whatever I do, it's going to be in my voice, but there is a range there. There's different styles that I can play with. Um, but it, everything that I do is always going to be in my voice. I can't avoid it. It's not possible for me to not produce in my own voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, uh, as artists, I guess, you know, we can become overly concerned with this one voice is my voice and the others don't count or they won't be seen as my voice. And especially for somebody who's, I mean, we've all developed our voices. I mean, by the time we're five or six or whatever, but for an artist at the point where you do have a strong voice that is recognizable and important to you and to people that enjoy your work, that's also a good time to try other voices. Uh, it's also a good time when you're just starting out because you're not quite sure what it is. And then there's this middle zone where you really are trying to develop that and you know have it solid, have it meaningful because you have to focus for a long time. But the, I think there's a, there's a freedom in uh, maturity as an artist of branching out as well as a beginner. Yeah. And, and I think that for a lot of artists, they, they think of it, I know you hate this word, but they think of it as kind of their brand and they are, they're nervous about exploring outside of where they've been successful. 
Um, but there are a lot of artists that have done that very successfully um, in the music world. Uh, there have been artists who switch between country and rock or hip hop, and mm-hmm. they've gone back and forth and explored different things. And sometimes they hit on something that, that works really well. Mm-hmm. Point taken. I mean, um, it's, I think we respect people that do that. I mean, once they, once we kind of know, okay, this is so-and-so, this is what they do. And then we see, oh, maybe they also do sculpture or they do photography or they do printmaking. Um, it's an expansion of who they are rather than a confusing mishmash. Um, it becomes something uh, very worthy of, you know, paying attention. What happens when they do this media? It's different, but it's still them. Um, and, you know, I say all that in the context of, yes, it's important to get to that basis. However, right now, who cares? It's off the table. Most of us are working in isolation, really. Um, we don't have galleries and collectors and demands on us saying we need this painting, we need that painting or whatever. Um, it is a time when if you want to be very isolated, you can be. I, I wanted to make a point about a social media that because we, a lot of us that are involved in Instagram or Facebook, there's a certain pressure to keep you know, keep, uh, this is what I'm doing now, keep posting. And um, I guess it's, it's a good thing to question that if you if you really do want some of your work to be private. It's kind of hard in this era uh, of social media to look at anything you do as private, and you're not going to share it. We it's kind of this push to always share. Um, and we feel like we have this public face to maintain. But we're all kind of fragile right at this moment. I mean, this is not general marketing advice. This is for this moment. If you if you want to be very private, this is a, a time. And everybody understands it. I mean, there's no question that a lot of people are struggling right now. And so if you need to take this time to just mess around and do whatever occurs to you, to me, that's a good thing. I mean, that's important and it could could really lead to something once all of this stuff is over. Um, and, and kind of the root of that is um, we are dealing with some difficult emotions right now. And, and people wonder, is it okay to express these emotions? Is it, do we have this urge to kind of censor this dark side, you know? Um, and so the question in, in relation to what I just said is, um, is you know maybe the maybe the answer is to express them privately, or is this other side, this dark side, a universal condition, and people will relate to it? Um, there, I'm going to read something from that article I mentioned earlier um, by Ellen de Botton, and he's referring to a piece by Anselm Kiefer. And if any of you don't know his work, um, it's monumental images of they are dark and they are edgy and they they're abstract with some landscape reference but there's there's a feeling of darkness and suffering to them so what the author of this article said was um our own private failings and woes which may strike us as sordid or shameful or very much our own fault are transformed They are the personal way in which a tragic theme of existence happens to play out in our own lives. 
they are in fact ennobled by their kinship to this grand work. It is like the way a national anthem works. By singing it, the individual feels themselves part of a great community. They are strengthened, given confidence. They can see themselves as strangely heroic, irrespective of their circumstances. Anselm Kiefer's work is like a visual anthem for sorrow, one that invites us to see ourselves as part of the nation of sufferers, which includes, in fact, everyone who has ever lived. <laughs> and I, I just think that sums up that the the validity of expressing these more difficult emotions um, right now. And I also I had an email exchange with an artist that I'm friends with here locally, Kai Harper Lee. Again, there's an interview with her um, on the Messy Studio podcast some time ago. And she had written something about um, the imagery in her own work and kind of wondering how she's, I don't know, just kind of ruminating about the question of responding to to being in, in quarantine. And she had looked up the word quarantine. So what she wrote, and I'm just quoting directly here, uh, when I looked up the word quarantine, I did not expect to read that, quote, many animals die in quarantine, unquote. I would guess it's because they are used to being with others, and there's a sense of despair that I've seen with animals that are in shelters. I'm guessing that some humans are feeling this way right now, too. So how do we show that in a painting? Or do we even want to? Do we want to remember this time in our lives when everything is pretty much up in the air, that we're feeling despair, hopeless, bored, trapped? These are questions I think a lot of people are asking themselves right now. I mean, she articulates it so well. Do we want to commemorate this <laughs> for others to see? Or do we want to uh, transcend it in some way? Um, and there's no right answer. This is absolutely um, individual things to consider in relation to what, what your own work is like, what your own work is about, and how you feel about it. Um and I guess the last thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was that it kind of goes back to that idea of silver linings. And, and there's a lot of thought being put into right now. What, How are we being changed by this? And this is aside from um, our own health. Um, it's not about whether you're sick or not, but about the things that we're all experiencing, the the fear, the anxiety, the worry about our loved ones, the wondering when everything's going to get back to normal, etc. And again, a lot of what we've been talking about is not just about the pandemic, right? It's about any time that something happens in your life, uh, the death of a loved one, or anything that really, really shakes you up, your own health. Um, but during those times, we feel things very strongly. They, they open us up. And so there may be something about this time now when you feel, if you feel the urge to change direction or explore something new, it could be sort of a, a channel to something deeper because you're, you are accessing emotions that in day to day life, they get buried. We just, you know, we operate in a certain way day to day. Uh, but now day to day includes some pretty traumatic moments for a lot of people. And artists are often characterized as being very sensitive people. Um, is this sensitivity kind of a portal for something deeper? And all of these things are really big questions. And 
like I said, they have no right or wrong answer. But the fact that they are so big can be overwhelming. I mean, it can, that, that could absolutely lead to feeling blocked because you think, oh, I either have to do something majorly different or I have to find true meaning in what I'm doing right now. And in spite of presenting these big questions, I also feel um, what you said near the beginning, It sometimes it's just doing something. Sometimes it's just showing up and putting down some material and not and allowing it to be whatever it is as a beginning. So and if if you feel that you really want to get back in your work and you're not in it right now, um, and these questions are too big, then please ignore this podcast. <laughs> but I think there's also a lot of stuff here. If you feel like um, the introspection would be helpful, they kind of consider some of these big questions. I, I think it's important right now to do anything, though, to, to do anything creative, because in many ways, um, we're all kind of imprisoned in our homes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and for a lot of us who live alone, it's it's very much like solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. And um you know, if you're at risk for any kind of, um, you know, mental illness or something already, you know, you take pe- people who are at risk for, for something like that and then you put them into solitary confinement, essentially, which um, is borderline torture and causes brain damage. Um, and it's, it's just, it's going to be so, it has been so difficult for certain people to handle this situation. And I, I, I really believe that any kind of creative outlet is, is going to be very helpful for people. And I want to encourage people, if you're feeling down, um, make sure that you reach out to somebody, you know, make sure that you have some kind of human contact with somebody out there. Um, and I, I mean, I feel like listening to podcasts helps a lot. Um, you know, when this first started and I was, I'm, I still am working my, my night job as a bartender and we're just doing carry out only. And I was so used to being surrounded by people and it was the eeriest feeling being in, Mm. uh, in the bar and it being completely empty and no voices. Yeah, and I just I had to have uh, a TV on or something with with human voices, not just music. Otherwise, it just it was really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I I just want to encourage everyone out there: reach out to somebody who you care about and who cares about you, and have some kind of human contact. Try to do it every day because it's it can be very very detrimental. It can it can actually cause brain damage to be isolated for long periods of time. Um, so I, and I, and I think that a creative outlet is another thing that can, that can really help to, to mitigate that and just having something to focus on. Yeah. And it does, it, I think if does not necessarily have to be your artwork, I think that's a good point. Right. And we've talked before about creativity um, being, you know, such a central part of everyone. And so if you're, if your visual art isn't coming to you right now, there's something else, writing, cooking, something. Um, 
Yeah, maybe it's figuring out how to make some really cool, creative meals with uh, with the kind of ingredients that we have while we're in quarantine. <laughs> right. When you, when you really don't want to go out to the grocery store. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think also with it is also a good time for social media and whether you choose to post your artwork or not and kind of going over the reasons why or why not right now that you might not want to. But I mean, plenty of people are posting pictures of their meals and things. And it's in, in normal times, you might find that a little annoying. But honestly, I see them now. And I think good for you. You know, you're you're doing something really lovely on the table. And that absolutely a form of creativity. So um, anyway, these are strange times. And we are all trying to adapt. Well, and to all of our listeners out there, um, you know, just the fact that you're getting out of bed in the morning and you're throwing on a podcast and you're doing whatever you're doing in your life. Good for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, this has been really hard on everybody. And the fact is that you're still here, you're still chugging along and uh, whatever it is that you're doing right now while you're stuck in your house. Good for you. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think there are, if, if you are in a place where you're working on your work, but you're, or you're feeling absolutely blocked, um, it all kind of leads back to our current situation. <laughs> I mean, or if you're listening to this in the future and you're having this trouble because you've experienced something traumatic, you know, looking at that root of that root thing that's occupying you on some level all the time, and and you, and it is a part of. Everything that we do and we live is part of our art in some way. And so acknowledging it, trying to see, does it affect your work? Is there some change that you want to make? Do you want to put the work aside for a while? But it's, it's all kind of about trying to be pretty conscious about that, I think, um, and um, not feeling it, – it helps to feel less of a victim when you consider – your choices, your options, and maybe some of these questions that could could spur some new ideas. Well, do you have any other final thoughts, or <laughs> did we get it all out there? I, I think I just did, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on a little bit of a roll there, so <laughs> yeah. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.